this way to bear country. You'll know when you're there. As soon as you enter, you'll feel like a bear. Hello and welcome to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I'm Phil Gonzalez. And I'm Alana Gravitz. And today we are discussing the Berenstain Bears' new baby. Now, who, who, who are you? Who are you? What are you doing in my recording area? Well, you invited me to be here today. <laughs> uh, this is Alana. Uh, Alana is uh, a very dear part of my life. <laughs> And we're a little giddy because we've never uh, done this before. This is a new thing. So uh, we are in a new uh, part of the Berenstain Bears continuity. We are at our first, uh, what are these books called? First time books. It's a first time book. This is a. This was a sort of the brainchild of uh, Stan and Jan Berenstain. They had this idea that rather than sticking to just reading primers, they were going to do a series of books that tackled actual issues that families might go through. And so that's what this series is and what's interesting about this is that they thought they'd be done with the series in about five or six books because there could only possibly be five or six common issues that families would have to deal with oh that's probably true i think that would that would nail it yeah about five or six Mm -hmm. anyone with a family knows you can you can get through family life in about five or six five or six good strong conversations will get you through a family and this is the first uh and this is the book that sort of introduces us to sister bear but not really uh because in the last episode we covered the bear's almanac in which sister shows up halfway through and doesn't get any kind of fanfare or introduction she's already elementary school age she's just there then then this book kind of i guess attempts to clear things up where'd she come from so let's uh dive right into the berenstain bears new baby alana since you're the guest would you walk us through the plot of this book Oh, absolutely. So um, the plot of the book is we see we see basically a, a snapshot of the happy, stable life of Papa Bear, Mama Bear, and Small Bear. And um, they really just take several pages just exploring the world of Small Bear from Small Bear's point of view. And then Small Bear is too big for his bed. And so no. he is... At this point in the story, is there any indication that Mama Bear is pregnant? Oh my goodness, no. You've already seen her carting large wheelbarrowfuls of vegetables out of their garden, including a cabbage, about three bushels of potatoes, an award-winning pumpkin, unidentifiable squash, several ears of corn, and something like 19 radishes. So how does it make you feel about Mama Bear as a pregnant woman? She is very competent. Yeah, but I mean, like, she's doing stuff. Like she's, she's doing stuff. That is true. She's actually more together than Papa Bear, who can't handle gathering honey without being attacked by swarms of bees. Well, for, for those of you who haven't read the book, uh, it shows Papa and Small Bear running away from a, a bunch of bees uh, in what is clearly the tree from the first book. Like, it's a little callback to the uh, to the big honey hunt. But I, this really paints a picture of the bears as living in a rural area. Like, we've seen Bear Town and we've seen cars, and we've seen that they live in a somewhat modern society. But this book starts off pretty, as far as we're concerned, they're pretty isolated, it looks like. Kind of homesteading. Yeah, yeah. Like, living off the land, and they built their own house. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. But the big thing that strikes me is that this book is very from the point of view of Small Bear. Right. Like, and so in some ways, the fact that there isn't an acknowledgement of Mama being pregnant might be reasonable. Oh, because it's just through his eyes. Exactly. Because it doesn't really show her looking any different until until they leave. It's a little, it's handled a little oddly. Yeah, so, so going back to the plot. So uh, Small Bear's bed is too small suddenly, causes him to have aches in his legs. And so Papa Bear says, no worries. Today we'll go out in the woods and we'll make you a bigger bed. So they have breakfast. Papa gets his axe, and then Small Bear starts getting worried. What are we going to do with my little bed? I want to I say that when I was a kid and I used to read this book, there's a picture of Papa Bear taking a swig from the honey pot, <laughs> and uh, it's like a it's like a metal spouted. Uh, what does it look like? Like, a, like an old coffee pot they call it the family honey pot yeah and which just, is sort of gross he's just drinking from it yeah and small bear standing there like begging like begging for a, a drop of honey and as a child it used to make me gag like internally to see that picture and imagine just pouring honey down your throat i assume it's like watered down or something because mm. it's i don't know yeah i don't know so uh so anyway small bear wants to know what's going to happen to his old bed soon to be old bed and Mama Bear says, don't worry about that small bear, and closes the door after him. And to me, she says, you've outgrown that snug little bed just in time. Because <laughs> like, my contractions are already <laughs> two minutes apart. Like, I, Mama's very self-sufficient, that's what I'll say. But she's suddenly pregnant, too. Yeah, yeah. It's like she got pregnant that morning, and then now it's it's coming to term. I don't know how bears work, so, so then what happens? Oh, so then they go out to the woods, and... They spend the day making the bed. But what does Small Bear keep doing? He keeps asking. He really wants to know what's going to happen to the little bed, his now, old bed. As a parent, what is your experience with small children being very obsessed with what's going to happen to their old stuff? I, I feel like this book is a little oddly constructed because for a few times it seems like Papa's just stalling. Like they're planning to never say anything. <laughs> Like, I, I, I know where you're trying to lead with that is, oh, kids are all worried you're going to throw away their stuff. But, you know, the, finally, Papa comes out and says, we're going to have a new baby soon who's going to need that bed. And it, it, it just seems like they are really reluctant to let him in on what's going on here. I, I don't know. It, it always struck me as, personally, it struck me as kind of neat that that was Small Bear's big concern. Like, he's really oh. attached to that bed. Like, I just like that. I like that he's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, he's out having a good day with his dad, but there's this, like, thing weighing on his mind. I don't know. And then you get the famous... Oh, is this famous? Yeah, well, to me, it's famous. A triptych. Yeah, the triptych. <laughs> Explain the triptych. So there's a page where uh, Small Bear has noticed that Mama Bear has grown very loud lately, and it's ra- ground, ground, <laughs> grown very round <laughs> she's lately. She's grown very loud lately. And, um... You know, she's anything but loud. <laughs> and it's harder and harder to sit on her lap. And they show him sitting, trying to get a story read to him. And he just eventually just, by the third picture, has poop, just fallen off her lap because there's no more room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they still are not explaining anything to him. No, but you get a great sequence of how to put a bed together that that's a true it's a, it's a diy just... manual here yep. yeah and presumably there's also a diy birth going on because when they come back home from making the bed there's a there <laughs> there's a new baby <laughs> mama bear is back in her original clothing or else she has 35 of the same outfit she has moved his bed is out of the room so presumably she popped out the kid got herself dressed 
took the bed out of the room and remodeled, <laughs> redecorated, tucked the new baby in. She's all ready to go. How old is that baby? I, uh, I, well, it's already big enough to punch baby brother, or sorry, small brother, small bear. Yeah. Brother bear, small, small bear. bear. Let's punch him in the nose. and Oh, and she's been uh, gender identified with a pink bow in case you might have felt uneasy. And a pink blanket. About... She's got a pink blanket. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I guess we, you know, I can't, that, that, that hasn't gone since 1974. <laughs> <laughs> She's she comes out fully formed. This is a yes, she alert, strong. Well, she is a bear. She's a bear. Yeah, she's a bear. Yeah, and I, I suppose the same thing for Mama Bear. She 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 is alert herself. Right. I always wondered if like Papa Bear had to leave the house because like as a bear he would have attempted to like eat the baby or like. My hunch is that she's like, dude, you cannot deal with getting honey away from bees. If you're here for the birth of this kid, you're probably going to faint. I'll have to take care of you, too. I guess they could I'll have call done... Doula Bear from up the street. <laughs> well, I guess they could have done, like, a whole thing where Mama Bear is like, oh, I'm going to go into labor. And Papa Bear's like, I can do it. I can be a doula. And, like, it's, like, all these hilarious, like. Hijinks. He, he like, tries to inflate the tub in the middle of the, <laughs> in the middle of the living room. And it springs a leak. And Small Bear has to get a patch for it. Like, just. Shena- and then when they're fine, they're done getting everything set up she's already had the baby in the corner but that's it so how realistic do you think this book is as far as like preparing a child for a new sibling so this got me thinking this book is from 1974 Mm -hmm. right so and as you said at the time they thought you know there's five or six things a family needs to deal with i have no idea at the time were there a zillion like oh you're gonna have a new sibling Mm. books was this like a new i have no context for that i don't know you know and what's interesting to me is this is very much, I think, from the kid's point of view, it's very, it's all about him. He doesn't care about anyone else, you know. But also, no one tries to explain anything. They don't anticipate anything. They don't go into the, like, oh, don't you worry. We're going to love you. Like, mm-mm. Like, all the, all the um, sort of the little speeches that we get prepared for now to, like, get someone ready, you know. Like, oh, we're going to have a birthday cake for him, too, and get him a big brother shirt. And, you know, like, we put all this concern into it now. And this, this, this was not. They didn't, they didn't talk about what was going on. They didn't try to teach him about the miracle of life or show him, like, pictures of, a, you know, because I mean, there are a little kid, we have a little kid book that shows, like, you know, pictures of this is what an embryo looks like at nine weeks. Of, like, no type of education around anything. It's all just, like, <laughs> coincidentally, the day you got too big for your bed is the day your mom's going to have a baby alone in, you know, a matter of maybe four or five hours. Second births are quicker. And uh, and when you come back, you'll have a sister. She'll bop you in the nose. And isn't that funny? And we'll all have a, a good, you know, kind of Scooby-Doo laugh. And, <laughs> right. and then we're on to the next episode. Hey, Very different does, from the way we approach it now, I think. He does wake up in the next morning and his nose is still sore from that punch. Yep, that's true. But he had no pains in his knees or aches in his legs because he had his new bed. So, so that's the other thing is there's sort of like, <laughs> you've lost your role as only child, but you do have a nice new big bed. <laughs> well, what's interesting to me is that you said what year was this 1974 yeah so 1974 it was pre-1980 it was pre what i think of as like the very mechanized beginning of the mechanized childbirth that we see um like very medical very clinical but i mean it was also after the home birth movement started wasn't it i i i I don't know, but I thought actually that that this is like where I need to do like, I don't know, birthing research. But I think that was actually before or in the middle of the Lamaze thing, which was like, you can have a baby yourself. I think before that was like when the they did the, we're going to knock you out and or, when you wake yeah. up, there'll be a baby. So it was 
I think the opposite. I think it was, I mean, maybe rural areas might have been different, but this wasn't actually aimed at only kids growing up in the rural areas, right? right? Like, I mean, I think actually at that point in time, everyone just went to the hospital. Well, that's why I find this interesting. I was wondering what angle it might be coming from, like, politically or historically. Like, like they are they trying to present a home birth? My, yeah, are they trying? Is it, no? Are they trying to make a point that they did this themselves in this rural landscape or... Was it just that they couldn't figure out how to work a doctor into it? Like, that was for the next book? Right. Like, I think this might have been the point in time when it was actually illegal to have a midwife. Oh, really? I'm, I'm not positive. I'm trying to remember my, like, college gender women's studies class. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think this might have been when it was, like, you got a male OBGYN yeah. who, like, <laughs> used forceps on you. And, you know, I mean, I think someone someone's going to correct us. I don't, yeah, I would I don't love, know. I would actually love to have someone correct us. Uh, but... But I just find that the that their focus isn't on the medicine behind it, like to the extent that they don't even touch on how the baby comes out. Now, decades later, when the next child is born, you get two books about it. And one is like, let's go to the doctor and meet the 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 nurse who's going to do your sonogram and let's meet the like let's walk you through the whole medical process of having a baby. And then the next book is like, we know you hate having a baby around. Let's deal with that. This is just like, nope, you got a kid. Deal with it. Like, it's part of your family now. Aren't you happy? Yeah, it makes me wonder a little bit, like, right now, do, are we projecting on kids? Like, oh, this is probably going to really upset you. So let's make a right. point of telling you that you don't need to be upset. Like, where you wouldn't even say that if you really didn't need to be upset. Like, this right, is right, very right. matter of fact. But what's interesting to me is it's called the new baby, but you don't even know anything about a new baby until three quarters of the way through oh, the book. That's true. And, yeah. and there's several pages in the beginning just spent on describing the beautiful pastoral life that they live. Mm -hmm. And like a, a double page spread showing their house and little like yeah. worms outside and well, squirrel almost, eating and you know. Just... It's almost a shame because this book sort of serves as like a soft reboot of the series. Like let's start over, you can come in from this point on. So like they spend the beginning of the book kind of setting up where they live, who they are. Whereas they kind of could have done that in a separate book and then used a whole book. Like, we know who these bears are. Now there's a baby on the way. Like, but they were probably just trying to jump right into the issue because they weren't actually planning to do a whole series about the family. Like, this is only supposed to be a short series. Well, um, or maybe so they didn't feel like it needed to be that big of a deal. Yeah, I don't know. I find it interesting. I mean, Stan and Jan Berenstain, they were, you know, children of the Depression, so, like, the approach to having, to growing a family was very different in the early part of the 20th century. You know, we, it wasn't as, I won't, I won't say it wasn't as touchy-feely. I mean, they came from very loving households that were a little more off the beaten path than most people. I mean, they were two kids who were encouraged to go to art school. Um, I, they seemed to bring a lot of that sensibility into the, the pragmatic approach to growing a family. Like... It's not a book, like you said, prepping a child for the awesome responsibility of being an over, older sibling so much as a book showing you that, yes, siblings show up sometimes and you're going to have to get rid of your bed. But don't worry, you're not sleeping on the floor. It also makes me think now we have all these like 
family prenatal rituals. Like we have to decorate a nursery, like sort of all these middle class ideas of things you need to do to get ready for a baby. You need this baby nowadays. Most people would have known this baby was a girl. Their previous baby was a boy. We better get some girl clothes. You know, like all this stuff that I, when you think about the generational difference, you're happy you've got enough room f and you've got a way to get the second bed. And that's right. the end of the story. It's not like, oh, what should the border on the nursery room be? And, you know, what are the colors going to be? And and they don't treat it as a community event. You don't see, like, people showing up afterwards with food and gifts. And, no, that never happens. You never learn anything about that. She's just there, and now she's a member of the family. Well, do you have anything else? Nope. Uh, what do you think about the book itself? Is this something you would read to a child? It's interesting. I, well, <laughs> here's where I come clean. I'm not the biggest fan of the Berenstein Bear series. Um, luckily, I don't ever have to read them out loud because there's someone else in my house who's happy to do it all the time. Someone else. So I just say, nope, that's dad's job. Um, but were I to, I mean, I would read it, but interestingly, I don't think I would read it as a book to prepare a kid for having a sibling. But maybe mm. we would do well to do that. Maybe, you know, here's a little editorial. Maybe we overdo it by assuming that you need to really, you know, maybe we overthink it. Yeah. You know, maybe it's fine to just be like, you go out, one day you come back, there's a baby. You know, a lot of kids end up going, He, the downside of him being with his dad is that, from my point of view, the dad's not with the mom, and that doesn't seem like a great plan for the mom. But, you know, a lot of kids get sort of shipped off. They're not, you know, there for the birth in many cases, maybe even probably the majority of cases. And in this case, the the kid is off with his dad. So his life isn't, you know, maybe there's less disruption in his life and he just moves on. So maybe it would be a great way to approach it. And maybe we don't need to have 19 books about the miracle of life. Maybe. Maybe this is the only one we need. Yeah, right. Um, as far as the layout and the look and the storytelling of the book, it, for me, it's very concise. There's not a whole lot of extraneous anything. I think the illustrations personally are beautiful. I've said before, this was my favorite era of Berenstain illustrations. The pictures are lush. There's a great cross section of the treehouse where you can kind of see where the stairs go, where everyone sleeps. There's absolutely no way everything they need fits in this tree. It's going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger somehow as we go along but that's fine it's kind of like snoopy's doghouse whenever you need it to have a bigger living room it will i think and that the page you're talking about the double page spread is really cute and i think for little kids i mean this is you know most kids get their sibling when they're what three ish give or take you know i think i think this this book is very um approachable and accessible for mm -hmm. a kid that age it's really i think it's well written for that if that's the audience that they're going for i think it's a great like they, they hit it right on the mark. Oh, I know it was for me. This was one of my favorite books when I was really little. And I would stare at the two page spread of the treehouse and just imagine being in the house. I just found it great. I think it's a great little book. Uh, like you said, I don't think it, I don't know, maybe it's not the quintessential, there's a new child coming book, but it, it works as a story and it's simple. Um, okay, well, Alana, thank you so much for joining me for the first first time book. My pleasure. <laughs> Again, uh, like us on Facebook, uh, follow us on Twitter, rate and review us on iTunes. You can download us on Stitcher or wherever, we're everywhere. So join us next time for Deep in Bear Country. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Thank you.